Drafts is one of my favorite apps, and I think you got a lot of interesting things to say. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm, I, I'm assuming you have interesting things to say. I know you've done a lot of interesting things. Let's put it that way. Well, we'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome to the App Story Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Hudson, inviting you to join me as I talk with other independent developers and we discuss the interesting stories behind their apps. We're here with Greg Pierce, iOS developer behind the app Drafts. He's going to tell us about that more in a minute, but first I'd like to uh, let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself and how he got started in iOS development. Greg? Uh, thanks for having me on, Vic. Um, no problem. I guess uh, it's a little hard to give a clear story of my background in development. My path to development was somewhat unintentional. Um I don't have a comp sci degree. I didn't really pursue programming. It's something I, I worked my way into just from being good with computers, first mm -hmm. from automating desktop publishing stuff, uh, working into the web in the, in the mid-90s and uh, always looking to improve things. And then in professionally in jobs I was in, I was always the guy people came to to try to figure out how to make the computers work better and... Uh, it, it led from that to just eventually being a full-time, first with kind of automation and scripting, and then later with programming in a bunch of different environments. Yeah. Primarily automating and scripting on the Mac or Windows 2? Uh, both. I, I did a lot of in-house type of uh, ERP development work for a long time, um, database tools, uh, inventory, things for a manufacturing and contracting company. Um, and then a lot of web stuff as well. And, uh, as time went on, I, I was always doing side projects, mm -hmm. uh, both publishing a magazine with a friend that eventually became a, a website and, uh, doing that sort of stuff. I released a shareware app in the nineties and, and a few other things that I did as side projects. And over time, I just pushed myself further and further into eventually going independent as a consultant and with the opportunities in the app store that became available, I started to play around with those first as side projects. And over the course of, well, I guess I went independent consulting in 2006 and this last year is the first year I've been full time on my apps. So, uh, it's just kind of been a gradual transition. That's really cool. So you just picked up, uh, skills along the way then and the accumulated knowledge has resulted in the, the pinnacle of success you're currently sitting at. Yeah, pretty much self-taught. <laughs> I, I I grew up with computers, so it always gave me an edge for for someone in my generation. My dad is a lifer with IBM and does mainframe programming. But ah. uh, so we had an Apple II as soon as they came out, and then we mm -hmm. had IBM PCs as soon as they came out. And uh, you know, I was always around them growing up and felt comfortable with them. You know, I guess you could say my first programming outside of simple little fiddling with basic on an apple II was doing things like writing macros for word perfect for dos you know in the yeah. in the 80s and and just things that tried to make life easier for myself or the people i was working with that's really interesting so um what prompted you what drew your focus into ios was that a uh is, do you have a, a passion per se for that particular environment or was it a business um, decision 
I think my story there is probably similar to a lot of people doing iOS apps. I mean, it was a combination of of timing and passion. I mean, I got an iPhone within, I didn't line up day one for one, but I had one within six months of when they mm -hmm. came out and I was just in love with the device. Uh, and when the app store came out, it presented a opportunity to do more independent side projects while not having as many of the business burdens that yeah. had been present before, you know, the app store took away a lot of the distribution hassles and, mm -hmm. and stuff to selling software. So it made it a little easier to get into that market. Yeah, it definitely lowered that. Bar. And I think it, it suited my temperament as well, because I do, I do like to, I, I guess, guide a project from start to finish and have kind of complete control and the mobile space, you know, after spending years consulting on these huge ERP and inventory systems where you're one little cog in the wheel of a huge accounting system, it was nice to be able to sit down and take a project from start to finish that had reasonable scope um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that you could complete and get out there. So it worked well for me in that sense as well. That's that's pretty cool. Um, was, was Drafts your first major iOS app or did you, you had some of the others first, didn't you? I had several others, both successful and not beforehand. The actual first app I put in the store was a hobby app that I developed because it was something I did with my family. There's a, a hobby called letterboxing, which not too many people are familiar with. It's similar to geocaching. Um, and there were no apps out there for doing it. Um, so just as a side project, hobby because i wanted one i developed one and i put it in the store it's called box finder it's actually still in the store i don't promote it but and i don't actively develop it but it still works and i i leave it out there for the people interested okay um I'll check i developed a, another app that is long gone and was kind of a failure uh very niche app called tweaku that was designed for people doing haiku and micro poetry on twitter so you don't get a much smaller niche than that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is pretty niche. But the fir the first significant success I had that that made it possible for me to really direct more time to iOS development was Terminology, which is a dictionary app, which mm -hmm. came out first for iPad, and it came out within a few months of the original release of the iPad when the store was not too crowded. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, did well enough for me to move forward with bringing that to iPhone and and doing other projects from there. Drafts itself came out. Uh, it's getting close to to three years ago now. Mm -hmm. Was version one of that, and that was a, a kind of scratch my itch project originally. Um, it was a situation where. I guess I've the more or less simple origin story of the app was really sort of one of those light bulb moments. Uh, you know, I used my iPhone a lot and I was constantly having these little moments of friction with text. Um, mm -hmm. And I was sitting there one day and I started to write an email to my wife, simple enough. And I got about a sentence into the email and realized that this was something that I really should text her, not email her because it was more urgent and uh, needed her attention. Yeah. Now that sounds simple enough, but at the time in iOS, that was pretty painful process 
to well, avoid it's having be a painful process. <laughs> I mean, short of having to retype it, you had to select the text. You had to copy fiddle with the paste. selection handle. You had to copy. You had to quit. You had to go find the message app. You had to launch the message app. You had to address it to the person you wanted to send it to and paste the text in and or retype it and, and send. And that's not, that should be simpler. And that's yeah. what I thought. I said, I, you know, there's other cases like this where I'll start to type something in my Twitter client and then decide I wanted to post it to Facebook either also or instead because it got a little more personal than I would usually post to Twitter, things like that. And those pain points needed to go away. And that was the concept behind drafts was to be a place where you launched the app, you just started to type something, and then decided later what you wanted to do with that text. Yep. And the natural progression of the app, the very first 1.0 version was extremely simple. It, it basically captured that bit that you launched it, you got a text box ready to type. Mm -hmm. Um you didn't have to create a new one. It wasn't file-based, so you didn't have to name it or save it in a folder or decide what you wanted to do with it. You just type something. And then the first version had Facebook, Twitter, um, mail, messages, a few other basic actions like that. Uh, and over time, the natural progression for the app was to give you more ways to do things with that text that you had captured. Yeah. Um, so, you know, here we are almost three years later, I'm on version four of the app and it's come a long way. The basic concept is still there. Nothing's changed about that. You launch it, you type simple, quick editor. Um, but, the what things you could do with that text afterwards have significantly expanded. Yeah. Uh, first I added Dropbox and I added Dropbox in a somewhat, you know, there's many Dropbox integrated clients out there, but I, I think as far as I know, I was the first one to allow you to not only create files, but append and prepend text to existing files to allow easy journaling features and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I've expanded that sort of functionality to Evernote, Google Drive, iCloud Drive now. Um, and integration with other apps was also a natural progression and, and something I was already working on in terminology prior to drafts. And uh, so we opened up uh, the door around the same time launch center pro was also coming out and and getting popular and people were kind of discovering what you could do with url schemes on ios mm -hmm. and i added a lot of flexibility into drafts on how you could uh, you know work with other apps and send text and forward things which made drafts even more valuable in its capture role to be able to integrate with things like omnifocus and mm -hmm. uh, things and uh, other things that allowed drafts to be a single entry point for text to almost anything you want to do on uh, on iOS. Yeah. Um, I think I first heard about it from uh, David Sparks and Katie Floyd on Mac Power Users. They have kind of a tagline they use about your app. Text on iOS starts with drafts. Was that yours, or is that something somebody else has picked up along the way and made for you? Or That was my tagline okay. originally, yeah. It's a good one. So who's your target market audience for this thing? Who do you envision using it? Well, that's difficult to say. I mean, one of the reasons it's been successful is it is 
uh, a general use kind of tool that a lot of people can benefit from. As I've learned over the years and gotten burned on some unsuccessful apps at the at the 99 cent price point and up, you've got to hit on an idea that's going to be appealing to a large number of people if you're going to mm-hmm. have any kind of sustainable success um, because you can't serve a niche market and uh, sell a few at 99 cents and be able to support development. Yeah. So I don't try to say there's a target uh, market for it. Certainly, uh, I probably still the weakest point of the app and something I'm always working on improving is is the nerdiness of it to avoid another term you know to really take advantage of some of to make it more accessible i mean any simple user can start using it and use the basic features right out of the box but Mm -hmm. to use the more powerful features you need to tweak it a lot and customize actions and stuff that yeah you know more your productivity geeks and stuff are going to find interesting but i found that there's all sorts of you know niche markets within my market that, uh, you know, I've found particular power users who have blogged applications and stuff. And it's neat to see. I've seen large followings from, uh, like, in education uh, principals and uh, and stuff who use it to take notes as they walk around the school. Uh, other, you know, professional vocations that require you to work with text a lot and jot down notes a lot and thoughts a lot. Um I've seen a big uptake in use with pastors who I, you know, that's not what I do. I don't exactly understand their process, but they're always having to come up with sermon ideas and capture mm-hmm. them and tweak them and stuff. And it's something that takes a lot of friction out of jotting those things down in your day-to-day life. That's really cool. And it's really useful for that. Um, okay. So let's go back to, um, let's let's get into the story of, of anything of interest that might have came up as, as you were going from a way to change the destination of text to your wife to where the app is today? Well, there's a lot of little things. It seems subtle, um, but the design of the app and the, and the tweaks over time, it, it's nice to be able to it can be frustrating to develop an app over a long time because you do develop cruft and stuff, but it also allows you to tweak and find a lot of the pain points that you might not have thought of. And especially something in the productivity genre where you're trying to remove as much friction as possible. There's always room for improvement in the user interaction. And a lot of those things have built over time. Uh, And there's subtle things that, you know, were added relatively early in the development, but, that you might not think of, like there's a setting in the app for how long you want it to take before it creates the new draft for you when you return to the app. Because mm-hmm. the concept of the app is, you know, you launch it, you type. Yeah. But that's not as clear cut as it sounds. You might easily be taking a note and want to jump over to Safari and copy some text or a URL and come back to the note. And it would be really frustrating as every time you did that, uh, you were suddenly faced with a new note and you had to go dig up the old one. Yeah. So there's a there's a preference in there for how long you want that timeout to be. It defaults to a minute. I use five minutes personally. Some people set it to never because they actually like to create the new notes themselves and tend to work on longer form notes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's subtleties like that. I've always found the default. That works for you? Usually. 
every now and then I, I, I have to go and, and reopen one that I was working on. Usually if I'm, if I'm kind of multitasking at the one minute is, is pretty sufficient for me to go and get whatever else I needed to get and come back. So I, I think that was a good choice on that. Yeah. It's difficult. I also get a lot of pressure as people adopt the app and maybe start using it for its initial purpose, which is to capture short texts and forward them to other systems. Mm -hmm. Some people also try to make it something it's not at times. And I, I, it, it's been difficult to say, turn down the feature requests that make a lot of sense for a general note taking app, but not necessarily for drafts and keeping focused and allowing the app to grow in features without becoming bloated or losing its simplicity is always, always a challenge because part of the design of the app is also that the notes themselves, the drafts have a very simple storage structure. There's an inbox, there's an archive, and you can flag drafts that you want to return to regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, But that breaks down if people are trying to organize a large set of notes in the app, which is not really what it's designed for. It's not a notebook. (laughs) Uh, It's not designed to be your main notebook. It's designed to allow you to forward to other systems where you better organize your text, be that Dropbox or Evernote um, or systems like that, where you do have folders and you do have tags Mm -hmm. and things that let you organize those long-term. Yeah, well, and it's come to be known as as sort of a power app. You know, a lot of really power users really like it. So I would imagine you get lots of crazy requests for things to put in there. Oh yeah, and and you know, a lot of the features that have been added to app the app have come from those sorts of requests. There's an incredible amount of value that comes, but you also got to know when to say no and and when it doesn't fit the app as well. Yeah. One of the things that I really like about it is the uh, the ability to put it into the edit mode and, and to drag the lines of text around up and down. Is that something that's been there from the beginning, or is that something you added along the way? The arrange mode was new in Drafts 4, and that okay. actually came from one of my other apps, Phraseology, originally implemented that a couple years ago. It's, a, it's slightly different in Phraseology, but Phraseology is my app that's more for long-form writing. It's an iPad pad only app it has features like linguistic analysis readability scoring um, and syntax highlighting for parts of speech and and things like that are that are geared more towards especially an educational writing environment Um, but that was one of the features i built for it several years ago and migrated over it's slightly different in phraseology it's got not just uh, drag and drop reordering of lines but you can do it by paragraphs or sentences. Um, That's great. But that is, it, it is very handy if you've got a little, especially if you use drafts to capture lists and things and you want to easily sort of drag them around and reorder without it being an outliner per se. Yeah. The, well, the first time I discovered it, I was working on a, on a project list and I was trying to uh, rearrange the steps of the project because I'd, I'd started putting things in there and then I remembered, oh, I need to do this first. And I, I just stumbled across it by accident, and I was like, "Wow, this is great!" No Notes app does this, <laughs> but uh, I usually use it for the the shorter form things. You know, I'm starting a tweet, or I'm starting a message, or an email, and then I like that you can make the templates and stuff too, because I use it for a lot of work emails to where I've got some actions that I made that that pick it apart line by line to fill in the body and and subject of an email, and I just know what goes on each line. 
Right, so that, that's right. pretty cool too. And part of the uh, other stuff over time that that has been a learning experience uh, is everything that goes into having a successful app other than developing the app itself. Because there's so many apps that we kind of see come and go that I think have a lot of potential and you'll see get a, a launch and get some attention paid to them. And then they kind of fizzle and disappear mm-hmm. and building the community around the app, um, the documentation, mm-hmm. you know, getting tips and tricks out there. I've had a lot of help from the community, a lot of great people who have shared stuff and blogged about things you could do with drafts, a lot of great sites that have produced uh, documentation, particularly backstories, not only Federico's great long reviews uh-huh. of, of my app, and, and also it comes up in using it with other apps, um, but, but they published a guide uh, to drafts that was really spectacular that, that helped people learn how to use URL schemes, not just in drafts, but in other apps as well, mm-hmm. which was great. But that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize how much time you're going to have to dedicate to, to be successful. It's something I still struggle with time to time. You know, I try to make screencasts, I try to do documentation yeah. and I'm trying to outsource some of that as well now but it's something that kind of always needs to be a focus to keep visible and keep your app out there. Yeah, that's it's it's really to me that's the hardest part. Uh, personally, it is. I mean, people get the idea, you know, you just got to 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 make an app and to make a really good app and then you're done, but that's really truthfully that's where you're just getting started. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and it's not just making a nice website for it either. It's 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 being there answering support requests uh you know, responding to people on Twitter and there's times you fail, you know, I always feel bad, especially like, right. You know, around the holidays, I do do my own support, which a lot of people at the scale I'm at now outsource, but I feel there's probably a breaking point where I won't be able to continue to do it, but I think it keeps me in touch with the apps and the frustrations people have with the apps Uh better and improves the quality of the product. So well, and it's I, a very nice personal touch, too. Yeah, but I feel bad when I don't get back to somebody for a long time. You know, I've got a backlog of months, both both because of some of my own issues with the 4.0 release and some of Apple's issues that have caused problems for me on iOS 8 and stuff. And it does create a, a, a burden. You get a backlog, and then you kind of take a couple weeks off for the holidays, and it just keeps coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you use a tool like Zendesk, which is what I use, or, or there's other ones out there, it, it helps automate the process so you can at least have standard kind of responses and and, mm-hmm. and make sure you're not losing track of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I assume it, it it's it, I know it sends an automatic reply so that people know that their email was received. And does it take care of any kind of prioritizing or queuing things up for you at all? At all? I'm probably not using it to that level of detail. Um, you know, it creates tickets, tickets have status and you can tag mm-hmm. them and stuff. So I kind of go through the inbox. I, you know, if I can reply immediately, I do. If it's something that, you know, I'm going to have to actually troubleshoot in the app, I'll, I'll mark it as pending and file it away for another work session. Um, but it lets you, you know, 
try try to make sure you address as many of them as you can. And it also lets you build macros, which you can do with text expander or something also, but standard responses to your most uh-huh. common common issues um, so that you can easily get those out. Okay. All right. So now you've got this neat little draft structure in place and you could rapidly just open it up, enter text and decide where you want to send it to. And there's, there's a few built in stock apps that are already equipped to handle that. And then this thing called URL schemes was introduced and that opened the door to where you could send a lot more things and you could start building some more actions and stuff. What did you think about that? And how long did it take you to really get your gears turning on that and figure out creative ways to put it to use? Well, I had, played around with URL schemes and especially coming from doing a lot of web development uh, uh-huh. prior, the concept was familiar to me. And from early on, there's been apps doing things with URL schemes from registering a simple handler to allow you to launch the app to workflows like, uh, like the uh, login workflows you'll see with the Dropbox app or the Evernote app where another app will jump over to the host app to get credentials and, you. and yep. return to the source app. Facebook used them early on in their app and actually kind of phased them out at one point um, that allowed you to navigate. So you could say, open the Facebook app directly to the events page or to your newsfeed or, or, or whatever. But there was a lot of unrealized potential there, I thought. Um, and, the process, this was prior to drafts when I was first experimenting with this, but after having success with Terminology, a dictionary app, at the time I launched it, uh, would be iOS 3, um, there wasn't a built-in system dictionary yet, and I was trying to find ways to let my app work better with other apps. Mm-hmm. So I built URL schemes for the app to allow you to look up words. But uh, the one-way communication was a little limited, so you another app could launch a URL just like it would launch a, a web page URL, but that was specific to my app, and there would be parameters in the URL that included the word you wanted to look up, and it would launch my app, and it would look up that word. But mm-hmm. that was kind of also a pain point in iOS, a little less so now with the app switchers and stuff, but those things didn't exist in, in, in iOS yet, the the multitasking pain wasn't there and stuff. Yeah. And you would then have to get back to where you were. So I built into terminology a way to specify what to do after you looked up. And if the incoming URL specified another URL to return to, I'd add a little button to the UI that would say, you know, go back to where you came from. Mm-hmm. And... I started soliciting other app developers that uh, I thought this was a good match for. And one of the first people I went to was, was Marco Arment at Instapaper, who was already, he had a built-in dictionary in Instapaper at the time and was experimenting with a lot of uh, ways to help people get context for what they were reading in his app. Mm -hmm. And we talked about it and we also talked about, well, we could do this, but it's kind of wide open on how you format the URLs. What would be a way that we could make it easier 
to improve adoption by standardizing those URLs. Mm-hmm. And we went back and forth on it. Um, he had some ideas, I had some ideas, and it just so happens I was the one who had more time to to actually devote to it and put together a specification and write it up. Um, and that's what became X callback URL, which in and of itself isn't rocket science, but is just kind of a way to standardize the parameters for URLs between apps um, mm-hmm. to try to improve both, make it easier for users, make it easier for developers to you know, have kind of standard formats, easier to document your URL schemes if everybody's kind of using the same parameters and stuff. Yeah. And so the first implementation of that that rolled out was in terminology and Instapaper. So uh, you could select a word you were reading in Instapaper. You could click uh, define in terminology. It would jump over to terminology. Terminology would look up the word. You could read the definition, and there would be a back to Instapaper button. And you click Mm -hmm. that, and it would take you right back where you were in Instapaper, which made for a much better user experience all around. So I'd already been playing with that concept and already had that spec out there prior to developing drafts. And it was a natural, uh, you know, natural transition to try to take advantage of that in drafts. And in the first 1.0 version, there was a hard coded list of apps whose URLs I knew and understood, you know, the Twitter app had a compose URL that could take text, uh, yeah. Twitterific had that, Tweetbot had that. So I had a hard-coded list of apps built into drafts that I knew what could work with, and I'd scan whether they were installed on your device and make those actions active for you if, if you had those apps. And that just evolved over time to where it is now, where I have a directory of those on the web, a website with lots of actions that users can contribute to, and you can create any URL, arbitrary URL schemes in drafts that you want. So even if I have never heard of this app, you can extend drafts to support it if it has the appropriate uh, URL schemes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at drafts online website for the action directory is probably one of the nicer I've seen of all the power apps that are using this type of stuff. Well, I consider that a good marketing tool as well. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's really nice. It's really robust. It's really easy to navigate and to, to find what you're looking at and stuff. And it's really cool. I can tell you put a lot of time and detail into it. It helps with the visibility of the app, and it actually generates some income, too, because I draw as much attention to third-party apps as I can in there. And, of course, I use iTunes affiliate links yeah. um, going out from there. So if anybody discovers an app through browsing the drafts directory and looking for things to integrate with, you know, I get my, my 7% kickback mm-hmm. on that purchase, um, which doesn't come out of the developer pocket. It comes, it comes out, out of Apple's, Apple's pockets. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know. exactly. And, and it, for all practical purposes, even if it had came out of the developer's pocket, you referred them. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's a commission. that's not a completely foreign business concept at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to think I've, I've, driven sales of other apps um i think that's probably a pretty reasonable assumption and i think because of both drafts and probably a little more so launch center pro uh the awareness and the visibility of apps that support integration has really 
skyrocketed in the last couple of years, and it has become a marketing point. If you're going to be in the productivity category, it's kind of a checkbox you've yeah, got to consider having there um, in your app. Yeah. So when, when you and Marco were pinning this thing out, did you ever in a million years envision it going to places like Matici using drafts and editorial and Pythonista to run websites with it? Well, I I predicted that it would get some adoption, and I probably have been one of the most reluctant advocates of the technology, considering I wrote the spec and stuff. You'd think I would I would be out there pushing it harder, but there are a lot of limitations to URL schemes. It mm -hmm. is at best a clunky solution, but it was the best thing available at the time. If you could do what you want to do with integration on iOS 8 with extensions, I think you're better off. It's better for the user. It's a smoother experience. There's still some things that you can't accomplish with those that you can do with URL schemes. Mm -hmm. But there's some significant issues, uh, you know, with taking appropriate security into account in your implementations, with the unpredictable results sometimes, uh, you know, if you don't string together URLs right, they're very difficult to debug if people are actually trying to string these things together. So it, it's, there's still a lot of pain points on them. It, it's Yeah, people stumble on the encoding a lot too, I found. I did not expect, I guess, I thought it would do pretty well amongst in, independent developers, but I did not expect it to be adopted by Google, Google and all of their apps. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, Evernote's using it now. A lot of other big players uh, have integrated it x callback into their own apps and the way they build urls so it's pretty cool you know when i'm using chrome on ios and i jump over to google maps and i have that little back button and i know under the hood my specs being used yeah uh, and i didn't really think it would go to those places but uh but i'm glad it did well and like you said it makes for a much better user experience yeah it does that's really nice you should be proud of that i am Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Although I, I, I almost feel like it's sort of organic. It's something I put out there, and I created examples of in my own apps, but it's not something I... And I did I did a talk, uh, you know, I did conference talks on, on URL schemes and stuff. So I guess I did do my work to, to promote that. But uh -huh. um, anyway, yeah, XCallback has done a lot more than I expected, and to some extent, I hope, run its course um, as we get better opportunities to integrate on iOS with extensions, which mm -hmm. I assume will only get better with time and, and will open more opportunities that uh, we won't need to rely on on the kludge of, of URL schemes anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool things going on with extensions and stuff right now. A lot of doors that are open that, that never were before. It's really interesting to see what people are, are doing with it. Absolutely. Um, have you seen Have you seen that new app, Workflow? I have. I've played with it. It's very, yeah. very cool. App. I really like that you can use it to make custom extensions. Yeah. And I like that, you know, it. it it's not the first of these, but as soon as iOS shipped, uh, you know, Eight shipped from the early beta cycle. I was working on drafts for, and I had a lot of plans for it, and and, and uh, I was working on it on the betas. But you also kind of work, you know. I had access to some other developer betas, but yeah, not broadly out there. And there was a lot of things that I knew 
would be out there that would extend the the functionality of my own app without me having to write any code. Um, you know, transmit from panic and and workflow are great examples of things that now make my app even more useful, even though I haven't done anything. Yeah, <laughs> which is exciting. I, <laughs> that's I love that's a good way that. to put it because that's that's basically what. And a lot of these apps, they're all I just you know your app and Launch Center Pro, Workflow, Editorial, all of these apps are just they're all able to work together to make a comprehensive whole that's so much better than just the sum of its parts. Yeah, and it just makes it more of a pleasure to use your device. I think um, you know less. All those apps are well depending on specifically what you're doing, but they all remove friction from some aspect of working on iOS. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're power user tools that, you know, make it quicker and easier. Uh, I love the stuff that Contrast has been doing, you know, after they built Launch Center Pro, which is a kind of geeky tool, they've come out with a couple of new apps that sort of break out uh, some aspects of that app and make it simpler Mm -hmm. uh, for a a broader audience like their uh, uh, contacts and group texting mm-hmm. and email apps that take a bit of functionality that they already built for launch setter and, and package it up in something that's very simple to consume for, you know, users who just want to group text or things like that, that aren't easily easy to do on iOS. Yeah. Well, and the thing I like about uh contact center and group text plus is I haven't played with email plus, but I would imagine it's the same. It's, they've pretty much taken URL schemes out of the equation, at least as far as the user's concerned anyway. Right. Um, it's kind of simple. Yeah. And, and invisible. it's really neat. They just really, they took it from their, their power user geeky app and they really refined it and streamlined it. It's pretty cool. So, um, obviously I'm, I, I'm, I trust that you use drafts every day. Um, what other of these apps do you use regularly that, that you feel comfortable saying? Um, I mean, some of the ones we've already mentioned are, are, are apps I love. I think that, uh, there is a perception, and I get questions like this a lot, that because I make a popular productivity app that I am a productive person. And I don't know <laughs> that that's necessarily true. Um, you know, people ask me, what what does your draft setup look like? And my draft setup looks like the setup of someone who is constantly deleting and installing test actions and developing an app, not a person who uses it effectively every day. Yeah. So my perspective on it is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the the way I use my iOS devices, um, I, you know, I am an independent. I work out of my home. I am not on the go that much. So I do probably uh, more of my productivity stuff on my Mac than I do on my iOS devices, mm-hmm. which is strange, I guess. <laughs> Perspective-wise? I don't know, not to another developer, but to iPhone users, probably. <laughs> I do use drafts every way, every day, and it is the place I jot down notes. It's, I, I compose almost all of my tweets in it. I uh, compose status updates for Facebook. I jot down notes and have a couple of uh, files in Dropbox that I append text to for things like uh, movies I want to see or uh, something I need to remember to get from the store, um, stuff like that, um, that are my day-to-day uses. And I find most users of drafts, um, despite its broad flexibility, they tend to hold it down to uh, 
there's probably a set of half a dozen actions that are the things that that it's really useful for them for mm-hmm. um, whether that's social media posting for some or whether that's logging and journaling to files or um, creating to do's um, things like that that uh, are are simpler applications that only take advantage of a small portion of the app but that's one of the great things about flexibility is it can fill those roles for so many different people yeah I've got three tabs of actions and probably half a dozen in each of them. So I think I'm probably pretty close to right about your average there that you speculated. <laughs> cool. It's a really great app. It's one of my favorites. I'm glad you made it, and I want to say thanks. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad. I'm always glad to hear that. Um, it's kind of strange. I, you know. It's become popular enough that I kind of get these secondhand stories now that uh, that I'm some sort of celebrity, which always seems odd to me, but somebody else, someone I know, a friend from on Facebook or something like that, will send me a message saying, hey, I was looking at this guy's iPhone at work and he's got drafts on there and I told him I know you and, and he was all awestruck because it's his favorite app and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, kind of hard to know uh, what to do with that. Throws me off, uh, but uh, it's yeah. cool nonetheless. So is is there anything that you feel like we haven't covered or that you'd like to add to the draft story? Uh, I don't think so. Just that the draft story is not over. I mean, that's one of the fun aspects of the app, too, is it is open-ended. I really don't feel there's a place where I can't stop adding functionality to the app. So I think it's going to continue to grow and, and get better over time, which is a lot of fun. Have you got any any plans for the immediate future that you don't mind to disclose? Or um, I'm always working on improvements, and you know I've got a feature request list that's very long. There's always additional services that I'd like to integrate with um, and add direct action support. A little bit that burden's been eased a little bit by sharing extensions because so many of those services are providing ways to integrate through the direct. Uh, know share sheets but uh there's always ways to improve that and make it better and i the the scripting environments that were added the ability to manipulate text in javascript are very basic in the initial 4.0 release and i plan to expand upon that um in upcoming releases sounds good i look forward to seeing what you do with it all right then let's let's do a quick wrap up um Greg Pierce, thank you for coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you and find out more about drafts and all that good stuff. Um, I'm Agile Tortoise on the internet, pretty much everywhere. Agile Tortoise on Twitter, agiletortoise.com for the app information and, and company website. So I'm pretty okay. easy to find. Is there an interesting story behind the Agile Tortoise thing? Not really. I... I I have loved turtles for a long time. Okay. I, I collected turtles and stuff, and when it came time to come up with a, a, a name, it just seemed like a interesting it is. Ox, oxymoronic uh, thing with a ring to it and some connotations in the software world and, and, mm-hmm. and such that I wanted to portray, so it uh, worked out well. Okay, that's cool. All right, well, thanks again for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Um, 
I'm Vic Hudson. You can follow me on Twitter at VicHudson1. You can follow the show on Twitter at AppStoryPodcast. You can find us on the web at AppStoryPodcast.com. If you uh, don't mind, take a moment to uh, visit us in iTunes and give us a rating or a review. And then when you get done with that, you should go to the App Store if you don't already have it. And you should get drafts and give him a rating and review for that, too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Greg, for doing the show. Thank you. Thank you.